0: Welcome to the Hackberry House of Chosun. My name is Bob, and I'm reading today from a book by Thomas Brooks, who lived from 1608 to 1680. He was the English nonconformist preacher and writer. He uh, wrote a book called *The Private Key to Heaven*,s talking about prayer and private prayer in particular, and why Christians need to do it. He's been talking about the objections to it. He's answering now, we're in the middle of one of his long answers to the objection, we are not gifted, we are not gifted. He says, you have the spirit of supplication. Thou sayest, thou canst not pray, but if thou art a child of God, thou hast the spirit of God. And the spirit of God is a spirit of prayer and supplication. That all the children of God have the spirit of God is most evident in the blessed scriptures. Take these for a taste. I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplications. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. You have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. We have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Who hath also given unto us his Holy Spirit. Hereby we know that he abideth in us by the Spirit which he hath given us. Hereby we know that we dwell in him and he in us, because he has given us of his Spirit. That all the children of God have the Spirit of God may be further made evident by an induction of these seven particulars. Number one, they are all sanctified by the Spirit. You're sanctified by the Spirit of our God, first Corinthians 6. I do not say that they are all equally sanctified by the Spirit, but I say they are all really sanctified by the Spirit. Though all the servants of Christ have their talents, yet not all have their ten talents, nor all have their five talents, nor all have their two talents. Some have only the one, uh, though Benjamin's, Food was five times as much as his brothers, yet every one of his brothers had their food. And so, though some Christians have five times more measures of the Spirit and more measures of light, of love, of holiness, of heavenly-mindedness than others have, yet every Christian has some measures of the Spirit and some measures of grace and holiness. Though some are babies in Christ and others are children in Christ, Some are young men in Christ, others old men, yet every one of them is born of the Spirit of Christ. Though none of the people of God in this life have the Spirit in perfection, yet every one of them have so much of the Spirit as will bring him to salvation. Every Christian has so much of the Spirit as will bring Christ and his soul together, and therefore without all peradventure. Every Christian has so much of the Spirit as will at last bring heaven and his soul together. Secondly, they are all led by the Spirit. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Every child of God has a twofold guide, the word without and the Spirit within. How the Spirit leads by the rule of the Word and how he leads to God and leads to Christ and leads to truth, righteousness, holiness, and happiness, I shall not now undertake to show. Thirdly, they are all upheld and strengthened by the Spirit. Uphold me with thy free spirit cried david or underprop me or sustain me as the hebrew has it with thy free voluntary spirit or as the greek turns it with thy noble princely spirit to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man by the inner man some understand the regenerate part of man others by the inner man do understand the soul with all its noble faculties and motions. Take the words which way you will. It is certain that all the spiritual might and strength that a Christian has, he has it from the Holy Spirit. Though the Spirit strengthens every Christian in the inner man, yet I do not say that the Spirit strengthens every Christian alike. In the inward man, some have stronger corruptions to subdue than others, more violent temptations to withstand than others, and greater difficulties to wrestle with than others, and choicer mercies to improve than others, and higher and harder duties of religion to manage than others. And accordingly, they are more strengthened in the inner man than others. Fourthly, they are all partakers of the first fruits of the spirit ourselves hath the first fruits of the spirit romans 8:23 which are but as a handful of corn in respect of the whole crop all the grace and all the holiness which we have from the regenerating spirit at first conversion is but a drop to that sea a mite to those talents which we shall receive in the life to come Fifthly, they are all taught by the Spirit. The Holy Ghost, said John fourteen twenty six, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. This promise primarily belongs to the apostles, but secondarily to all believers. Though these words were spoken at first to the apostles only, yet they were not spoken of the apostles only. And all thy children shall be taught of the Lord, Isaiah said, and great shall be the peace of thy children. In these words, there are three things promised to the apostles. First, immediate illumination by the Spirit of God. Secondly, a full knowledge of all those truths belonging to their apostolical office and that were necessary for them at that juncture of time. Thirdly, absolute infallibility, As to matter of doctrine. And there are also three things promised to all believers. First, immediate illumination. Teaching truths by the Spirit of truth in the use of the means of grace. Secondly, knowledge of all truth necessary to salvation. Thirdly, infallibility too. Uh, So far as they adhere and keep close to the Spirit's teaching in the Word. Philo says, and he was the Jewish philosopher who lived in Alexandria, he says that the primitive Christians were like tillers, they were called tillers, because as farmers, until their fields and manure, their grounds, so did they teach their families and nurture their children and servants with good instructions. Oh, what choice teachings of the Spirit were these primitive Christians under who made it so much their business, their work, to teach those that were under their charge. But the anointing which you have received of him abides in you. And you need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you of all things and is truth. And not that we know all things simply, or that we need not a ministry to teach and instruct us. But he speaks comparatively. You shall not be so helped by any instructions without the Spirit, as with the Spirit. The Spirit shall declare the truth as it is in Jesus more clearly, more freely, more particularly, more certainly, more universally, more effectually than any other is able to do. The Spirit, this holy unction, shall teach the saints all things, and not all things knowable, for that is impossible for finite creatures to attain unto. Uh, Who knows the motions of the heavens, the influence of the stars, the nature of the creatures, or, or how the bones grow in the womb of her that is with child? Who knows the reason why the river Nile should overflow in the summer when waters are at the lowest? or why the lodestone should draw iron to it or incline to the pole star. Pliny tells us of one that spent eight and fifty years in learning out the nature of the bee, and yet had not fully attained to it. How is it possible, then, for the wisest naturalist to enter into the deep things of God? Paul, that learned his divinity among the angels, and that had the Holy Ghost for his immediate teacher, tells us plainly that he knew but in part. And oh then, how little a part of that part do we know. But the Spirit teaches the saints all things. That is, first, he teaches them all things needful for the salvation of their souls, all things necessary to bring them to heaven. And secondly, all things needful to life and godliness, second Peter one three. Thirdly, all things needful to their places, callings, genders, ages, and conditions. Fourthly, all things needful for you to know to preserve you in the truth, and to preserve you from being deluded and seduced by those false teachers of whom he speaks. Certainly, this is the main thing that John hints at in that expression, the all things. The all things spoken of in verse 27, according to the ordinary scripture style, must necessarily be interpreted only of all those things which are there spoken of. Well, sixthly, they are all comforted by the Spirit, walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost. Not that all Christians have always actual comfort, actual joy, oh no, Uh, for as the air is sometimes clear and sometimes cloudy, and as the sea is sometimes ebbing and sometimes flowing, so the comforts and joys of the people of God are sometimes ebbing and sometimes flowing, sometimes clear and sometimes cloudy. Hudson, the martyr, that's Thomas Hudson, the English Protestant, burned at Canterbury by Bloody Mary, being deserted at the stake, went from under his chain, and having prayed earnestly, was comforted immediately and suffered valiantly. So Mr. Glover, Robert Glover, the English martyr, burned at Coventry. He was deserted in prison. But as he was going to the stake, he looked back and cried out to his friend, He has come. He has come, meaning the comforter. And so he laid down his life with joy. Rachel wept and would not be comforted. She gave so much way to weeping that she would not give the least way to comfort. And so it is many times with the choicest saints. My soul refused to be comforted, Psalm 77, two. It is not my purpose at present to insist on the several ways whereby the people of God refuse comfort and fall short of those strong consolations which God is willing that they should receive. The sun may operate where it does not shine. And a man may be in a state of salvation and yet need consolation. A man may fear the Lord and obey the voice of his servant and yet walk in darkness and see no light. There is no Christian but may sometimes have trouble in his conscience, grief in his heart, tears in his eyes, and fears and questionings in his soul whether God be his Father and whether Christ be. Be his redeemer, and whether mercy belongs to him, yea, whether any promise in the book of God belongs to him. Joy and comfort are those dainties, those sweetmeats that's like pastries of heaven, that God doth not every day feast his people with. Every day is not a wedding day, every day is not a harvest day, every day is not a summer's day. The fatted calf is not killed every day, or the robe and the ring every day put on. Every day is not a festival day or a, a dancing day. As there is a time to sing, and so there is a time to, to sigh, to laugh, to weep, to dance, to mourn. All tears will never be clear, wiped from our eyes, until all sin be quite taken out of our hearts. But notwithstanding all of this, Yet gracious souls have always uh, sure and choice grounds of consolation. They have the promises. They have the first fruits of the Spirit. They have union with Christ. And they have right to eternal life, though they have not always sensible comforts. The children of God have always cause to exercise faith and hope on God in their darkest condition, though they have not always actual joy and consolation. The Comforter always abides with the saints, though he does not always actually comfort the saints. The Spirit many times carries on his sanctifying work in the soul when he does not carry on his comforting work in the soul. The Spirit many times acts in a way of humiliation when he does not act in a way of consolation. The Spirit many times fills the soul with godly sorrow when he does not fill the soul with holy joy. The actings of the Spirit as to his comforting work are all of his own sovereign will and pleasure, and therefore he may abide in the soul when he does not actually comfort the soul. Well, there are more answers to this other objection that we just had. We'll talk about number seven and following next time. And Thank you so much for listening. Do look around the site, will you? So many things here. Hundreds and hundreds of audios we've put together over the years, and I do think you'll find something that will bless you. Well, this is the Hackberry House of Chosun, and this audio is being released on the 21st of April, 2023. Lord willing, we'll talk again real soon. Bye-bye.